Hi, I'm Adewale Adejumo. I build businesses and I also teach people how to take control of their lives. You are listening to the Epilogue Buddha podcast where I'll be bringing you some of the best personal growth mentors and entrepreneurs on the planet. And they will be sharing the best ideas on personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. A word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by dropstore.co.za. If you want to start an online e-commerce business, Dropstore helps you create an online website and helps you find products from suppliers to sell on your online store, add them to your online store, and ship them directly to your customers easily. You will never have to pay upfront for an inventory, which keeps your risks very low. Visit dropstore.co.za to find products or to distribute your products to the thousands of resellers on the platform. Use Dropstore to start and grow your online business today. Hey guys, welcome to the Epidavida Podcast. My name is Adewade Adejumon. Today, I will be having a conversation about eliminating toxic situations and relationships in your life with a guest speaker. And my guest today is a Zimbabwean-born native based in Switzerland. She's a self-mastery mentor, mindset trainer, international best-selling author and award-winning speaker. Guys, since, since 1997, she and her team have developed a world-class personal growth academy, which has evolved into what is today known as the Maima mindset. And she has spent this, this stage with the likes of Sir Richard Branson, Alyssa Nichols, and has been featured on leading meditation apps like Omvana, Insight, and Mindless. And she has done over 10,000 hours of meditation practice and to date, has helped transform the lives of over 19,000 people with her highly acclaimed creations, the Inner Peace Formula and the Own Your Superstar Trainings. I would like to welcome Maima to the Happy Life Builder podcast. What a joy to be here. Thank you so much, Wale, for having me here. Wow. And having this opportunity to share what I love sharing the most with people, which is to be empowered from inside so that we can create beauty in the external world. So what a joy to be here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I feel honored to be having this conversation with you. And, you know, just looking at you right now, you must be such a chilled person for having meditated. <laughs> you know, for 10,000 hours. Do you ever get nervous or anxious? Absolutely. You know, I tell people, you know, there was the story when someone asked the Dalai Lama, you know, does he ever get angry? And his answer was, does a dog bark? (laughs) (laughs) So we're all human and, you know, meditation is really the art of accepting what is, what is happening in the present moment. I can experience the full range of human emotions from sadness to um, heart pain to uh, you know joy and all the different things, anger. And it's, so it's not about not being human anymore. It's about being comfortable with your humanity and figuring out how to be more resilient and more powerful in the world. So no, I'm fully human and I have all the emotions and have to deal with them just like everybody else. Um, except I would say that I know that I'm not my emotions and I'm not my story. So I have some distance, but I feel them very strongly if something happens, if I lose something or someone, um, I won't just be like a statue, like, oh. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's wonderful. Yes. That is wonderful. Tell me something. Do you, you know, you've meditated so much and people always associate meditation, um, as you said, one with being present and accepting the present yes. and yes. also with inner peace. Would you, would you say yes. that you're someone who has inner peace? Absolutely. Inner peace is one breath away. It's one decision away. Inner peace is who is my birthright. Inner peace is your birthright, right? This is not what they teach us at school. They teach us about anxiety, about fear, about, uh, you know, different states, uh, more negative states. And if someone would ask me, what is the greatest thing that I got from my initial awakening was that I learned that I could focus my energy away from negativity like my focus on negativity used to be like this and my focus on positivity used to be like this and what meditation has given me it has allowed me to focus on the positive in my life and negativity is like that so i teach my students the 80 20. so if you can be 80 percent of the time feeling grateful feeling grounded feeling joyful feeling loving uh feeling all the great feelings that you know and 20 percent of the time you feel whatever it is sad angry confused love, that's okay there's no hundred percent right that's so true. peace that's is your birthright peace is who you are when you allow yourself to be yourself when you allow yourself to let go of the story and you know we don't have a lot of time on this podcast, but I just want to give you an image of how I see the self. The self is two, there's different layers in self, in the word, the self, right? Myself. So there's the ego mind, which is a small version. Of, and then there is the soul spirit, which is the bigger version. And peace is understanding that your ego mind is like a trained monkey. It's, it's a monkey. It, it, it jumps here and there. It jumps here all over the place. And the soul is like the mother who's like, it's okay, love. It's okay. We'll be okay. Right? So um, that's what meditation gives you. It gives you control over your monkey. Mm -hmm. So instead of the monkey um, just making noise and taking you to all dark places and taking you to all crazy places, you start to train the monkey. And you're like, it's okay, monkey. Here's a banana. Be quiet. Yeah. Right now, I want to spend this time talking to this beautiful um, man, um, Adelewa. Adewale. <laughs> um, Adewale. Okay. I want to spend, you know, I try to go for your full name, which you already told me before. Was it going to be a challenge? Okay. Yes. Um, so I'm going to stick to Wale, what you told me to do, actually. So, um, you know, you, you want to talk to um, Wale now and be connected and be present. And I don't want to be thinking about what I'm going to be doing afterwards or what happened yesterday or what might happen in five minutes, right? So it's really about present it's really about staying in your heart and staying present with what's actually happening in front of you right now yeah. i love that you mentioned mm -hmm. your awakening and you mentioned yes. that you used to you used to focus more 80 percent on what is not going right and 20 percent on what is going well and now it's you've mm -hmm. sort of like switched that around yes because yes. you still gotta focus on what is not going well so you can fix them and yes. but living instead of gratitude with what's going right how exactly. tell me a little bit about that journey of how of of what what was happening in your life before you had your awakening and i assume that it was only once you had your awakening did you then start your journey into creating the my mindset 
Absolutely. So what was happening before that? I would say I was a normal girl brought up in Zimbabwe, having um, psychological trauma from abuse in my childhood. Probably a lot of African can relate to me because you know, our way of being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, our parents um, disciplining us was beating the crap out of us, okay? <laughs> so you may have had that experience, okay? And these beatings were pretty intense. Like I remember, you know, my grandmother taking a the collar of a dog, a leather collar that had studs on, and she beat me with that. And I remember having like, my leg was bleeding, the beating. We were always scared because there was either someone pulling our ear or, you know, and, you know, so th this is a very, uh, you know, <laughs> intense way to, to be brought up. And when you become an adult is when you realize the damage of those childhood things, right? So True. we all have things that happen to us in our child that have caused trauma inside of us and we're not aware of it because it's normal everybody has the same story and everyone has the same trauma right now you're an adult i'm an adult i'm i get married to this amazing swiss guy and i find that there's this violence that has been uh, around me in my childhood is now around me as an adult right so i'm trying to have this relationship um, but I'm becoming violent and I'm becoming uh, aggressive and I'm striking out and, you know, and I don't know what to do because I, mm. I, I've been taught this is how you express your, your anger. So I feel terrible about myself. And, um, and of course, my marriage comes apart because, you know, um, you know that's just not a, a space for something for um, love, beautiful and powerful and to come out of. Yeah. Exactly. But I haven't been taught about love. I haven't been taught about connection. I, I have no clue that, um, that happiness is a choice. I'm a complete victim of myself. Yeah. I, I, I believe, uh, I, I just feel like a victim. I feel like my, my mom let me down. My dad abandoned me when I was three years old. He disappeared. I have no clue where he is. Um, my mom loved my sister more and gave her more attention. Uh, my granny didn't like me and people in the family didn't like me. They always, um, you know, judged and criticized me. So I was a hot mess emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. And the truth is, um, Wale, I had no idea of how messed up I was until I got divorced. And, you know, just to explain a little bit further with this um, man from Switzerland, we lived in a beautiful house with a swimming pool, jacuzzi. I could do whatever I wanted. I could, you know, it was the life that most people would be like, oh my God. And everyone in my family, like she's living the life. She's living mm. the life. And look at her. She's, she's screwing it up. She's because she's so screwed up. She's screwing it up because no one takes any responsibility for being part of me being a mess, right? It's, it's my fault <laughs> that I'm screwed up. So, um, and, and so eventually we separated and life took me to India. Yeah. And literally I was not looking for anything. I was not looking for meditation. I was not looking for transformation. I was not, I didn't even know what I didn't know. Yeah. That's so and true. The only reason, yeah. And the only reason I went to India is because somebody told me, why don't you go to India? It's a place, you know, you can live there for very cheap. And there's all of these people from all over the world, blah, blah, blah. So they painted this picture that sounded appealing. And so I said, I have nothing to lose. I'm a hot mess anyway. Let me go over there and see what I can 
you know, see what I can do while I'm there. So I went to India and um, in my first ever meditation, um, something powerful happened. It's like the teacher was talking to me directly and I felt that everything he was saying made sense and spoke to my heart. He was talking about the power of the now. He was talking about love and connection and joy and peace and all of these things that quite frankly no one had ever spoken to me about. He was speaking from his heart directly into my heart and I started to close my eyes and as I closed my eyes my consciousness started shifting away from feeling sorry for myself to feeling peaceful, feeling like my head was spinning full of thoughts to feeling no mind, feeling like I was closed and my heart was closed to feeling open and relaxed. And this all happened in a, in a span frame of about two to three hours that I was in this first um, meditation, with, by the way, with thousands of people because a big hall full of people. And that was it. That was my awakening moment. That was, and I sat in that hall for about like, like so long that by the time I opened my eyes, the hall was empty. That's how strong the experience was energetic, mm. spiritually. I cracked open and I just fell in love with meditation. I felt like meditation for me was like a dolphin that had been stranded on the beach and then they pushed him slowly back into the ocean. And that was me in meditation. I could spend hours blissing out, going deep into conscious states and investigating. I spent two hours meditating in the morning, two hours meditating in the evening, plus all the meditation in the ashram. So meditation was my lifeboat. Meditation was my salvation. Meditation was my awakening. It was what gave me back me. Mm. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do with all of that at the time, but I just knew I needed to follow this and you just know, keep saying You know something? A lot of people might listen and think that they, they would just get onto an app or watch a guided meditation um, video and they would also get their awakening. But from what I've seen from a lot of people that usually have their awakening, they must have been going through in immense suffering and the searching for answers did you feel like you for you to actually have gone into a meditation um i'll call it a, a, a retreat because there's a lot of people there mm -hmm. did, did you feel like you were you were searching for you felt like you did you were you so searching were you searching for something searching for answers you wanted to did you want to hand your pain your suffering what caused you to go to them to that to that meditation session? I'll be quite frankly and honest with you. I was not searching for anything. I, I was as disconnected from any of this type of messaging as anyone can be. We're talking more than 27 years ago. Okay, so this is a long time ago. There wasn't internet, there wasn't, you know, face, there wasn't, like people are getting, they, we're in a different time with this message, right? Mm, it yeah. comes to you in advertising, it comes to you all <laughs> we're, we're in a different world. Back then there was nothing. Hello, mm. okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? There was no Facebook, there was nothing. Like, so I know I look like fresh and young, you know, but <laughs> I just turned 50 you know, this year. So back then, no, I was not exposed to anything. I had not read any books. 
Um, the only reason this happened is because I met a guy in Miami that was into this stuff. Okay, and then when I was planning, to, I was planning to, when I got divorced, I was planning to go back to Miami. Um, and then, you know, I met him in Milan and I broke down in Milan. I started crying and laughing and crying. And he said, you are a mess. There's no way you should go to Miami in the state. Why don't you go to India, go to this ashram? And he literally just gave me an address and I just said, okay. So I feel, you know, if you believe in serendipity, if you believe in destiny, if you believe in, you know, uh, things happen in life that you could have never even imagined in a million years. That was me finding myself in an ashram in India. It was so far from anything what I knew, you know, and this is the thing. It's not, you know, life gives you opportunities. It's what you do with those opportunities. Now, true. I could have just had that meditation, thought, oh, this is lovely, and walked away from that, right? But that's when what your question comes into play. I believe we're living in a friendly universe that wants nothing more than to support us. I believe we're living in a friendly universe that is designed to support us, right? So when we, on a core level, really need help, help will come. But most of us can't take the help because of the fact that we're still sleeping. So we don't even see the help. Hmm. We stay in victim mindset, right? So me in that particular moment, I felt like um, I wasn't searching anything. I was very critical when I sat down on that um, marble floor and saw all these like what I call like hippie people with their, you know, <laughs> long robes singing and dancing and, you know, celebrating and meditating. I thought these people all look a little bit nuts. You know, I yeah. thought they're like, is this a funny sect? I, I was very judgmental. I didn't go in there like, oh, this is a lovely place. I was like, where am I and who are these people and what are they doing? <laughs> and all, yeah, so that was my state. Very critical, very judgmental, very know-it-all, um, not even aware that, you know, that, that this could be a game changer for my life, right? Mm. Um, and, and it was, you know, and then it just happened. The, the, as I said, the teacher started, and the teacher was already passed away. They were only watching a video of this guy. So that's what I saw. I saw the screen come down and this video was playing. And this guy was mesmerizing. He spoke from such a deep, connected place of love, of, of, of uh, certainty in what he was saying, that it just came straight through to me. And I literally just like went bang, mm. and I was awakened. It's a bizarre story, but it's the truth, okay? Yeah. And, and from that moment, I did something with them. You know, like I, I went back to my hotel room because that was the first night that I was in this ashram. And I, I didn't know what had happened to me. I was like, I was quite puzzled by the whole thing. And I went to bed. And when I woke up in the morning, the first thing I did, I didn't know how to meditate because I've never meditated before. I didn't even know the concept. I sat up in my bed and I closed my because I wanted to check if that feeling I'd felt when I was in the meeting, if it was still there. Mm. Feeling of, of wholeness, of safety. And it was there. And that's what I teach people. Your true nature is extraordinary. When you go beyond the mind and the stories of the mind and the limitations of the mind and the littleness of the mind, there is something magnificent. There's something divine. There's something magical that is you. Yes. And you, we just need to get out of our own way. And I agree with you so true on what you just said. You know, people expect to find this in a, you know, let's use a meditation app. And to be honest, you can have yeah. results from That's that. That's true. Yeah. 
you can my meditation if i you know and i'm going to give everyone access to uh, a meditation um if they would like to have it you know i would love to offer my 21 day meditation challenge to everyone um off of this call for free right um so but so it will help you but what will help you even more is have a tribe have a community find people who are doing extraordinary things in the world and align yourself with them be a part of their story be a part of their daily life be a part of what they're getting up to if you want to be if you're here and somebody's here let them pull you up right um and maybe if you're a really good student you might even go further than that. Mm. so you know the sky's the limit when it comes to growth but you need to get support that's very true and the amazing thing nowadays is that even if someone doesn't have those people in their close vicinity they can find them online you can find them on social media exactly for me personally i'm i'm so isolated where i am and mm-hmm. for me to for me to meet these people i met them through the books that they've written i dove yes. into books and i just read and read i mean that was actually how i started getting my awakening through yes. reading and it all happened one day while i was driving on the freeway and and it was like things just connected and wow. everything just made sense the reason the reason yeah. why i'm suffering the reason why you know things were not going the way i think it is like it like was my mind broke away from focusing on all the pain and actually just and there was like a sense of peace and acceptance of just mm-hmm. how um of things that I can't control but i don't want to i don't want to go too much into that right now because okay. i want to dive into into the meat of our conversation okay. and i want to ask you you know like what type of people find themselves in toxic situations and mm. in and in toxic relationships what type of people is that the yeah. question Yeah, oh, okay. what type of, so what type of people? I would say just about everybody out there, okay, that is a human being has found themselves in toxic situations and toxic relationships. The only difference is that some people are more vulnerable and open and willing to share the truth of that, and most people are hiding. They put mm. masks on, they pretend to be better than they are, they pretend to be more superior than other people, uh but it's a game. and most people like i you know i don't know if you can live on planet earth without experiencing toxicity then it's like move to another planet right mm. so on planet earth i believe that everybody is have at some point in their life has experienced some major toxicity whether that is the relationship with their family the relationship with themselves the relationship with their business their relationship with work um you know the relationship with their health right so uh, the relationship with money the relationship with food the relationship with um you know uh how they how they feel so 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 yes i think that um toxicity is a part of life on planet earth and what we need to do is recognize it and learn how to 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 eliminate it from our life as much as possible 
Yeah, but I would be I would be lying if I say right now I have no toxicity in my life whatsoever. I'm just perfect and everything's perfect. Like no, there is definitely um, you know toxic situations that I have had to deal with. Right. Um, first of all, like let's just talk about being in a relationship for 21 years. Right. Mm. For that relationship to thrive and to for that relationship to be a beautiful and strong relationship, we've gone through some major toxicity. Right. We've had to wade through and transform ourselves, each other and the relationship in order to say, actually, you know, our relationship is beautiful and it's strong and it's amazing. Right. So if people are expecting to meet someone and just like, oh, lovely, 21 years of bliss. Like, no, if they have that bliss, it's because they went through some major toxicity and made it through. Yeah, it's made very it true. through to the other side. Now, I don't know, like if I would say major toxicity, I would say every around every seven years or so, you know, mm. we hit that, you would come against that toxicity. We've survived it and it's made our relationship stronger, right? So no, there there is no escape from toxicity. And I think most people, as I said, lack vulnerability and wear masks. So it might and, look like everything's okay on the outside. Yeah. And they could be dying inside and they could be behind closed doors, stuff that, you know, nobody knows about. And what's your view on, on people that, so you explain that you've been in a 21 year relationship. You do have toxicity that comes in and that leaves. What about mm -hmm. the ones, what about people that find themselves in a toxic situation and it's a recurring toxicity situation or with toxic people, what are the kind of steps that a person like that can begin to take to, to end the cycle of finding yes. themselves in toxic situations, or even if they mm -hmm. find themselves in one, be able yes. to, to be, be, be able to break that cycle and start to actually gain inner peace. Absolutely. So the foundation, we have a seven step formula. You can see behind me with my stuff, right? So there's the Mahima mindset. That is uh, the name of the company that we have. Then we do this thing called the own your superstar training. And it's a, uh, you know, our 12 month journey where we take people on a deep, deep uh, transformation journey, right? We also do like a three day event where people can come and enjoy and get quick transformation just like in a short amount of time. But our formula is a seven step formula that I can share with you right now. Um, you know, the first part of the formula is self-love. That's the first part of the formula. And self-love is the foundation to a happy life. Like it, it's the foundation to gaining your voice. It's the foundation to healing yourself. It's a foundation to being able to set your boundary. It's a foundation between, um, you know, allowing, because we allow toxicity, right? Um, where in every situation, some of us feel like I have no choice. No, you have a choice. You always have choices. You're born with free will. You're making decisions every single day that are going to be affecting your life. When you love yourself, you start making better decisions of what you say yes to and what you say no to, because you're saying yes and no every single day, right? So to get, to be able to start, to stop getting in that cycle of toxicity, Self-love is the key, yes? And mm. self-love is all about um, doing uh, rituals that connect you to your power. Self-love is about creating more beautiful relationships in your life, saying, I deserve it, 
I'm enough. I'm worthy. I'm worthy of the greatest life. I'm worthy of getting respect, but you're going to give yourself that respect first before you demand it from anyone else. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you, if you like, instead of just blaming, because this is the problem with toxicity, there's a lot of blame, right? It's his fault. It's the government's fault. It's, you know, it's my children's fault. It's, it's always someone else that's creating for you this feeling of the toxicity as opposed to my, my emotional you know, state. Yeah, taking it. responsibility. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and I transform it. So self-love is the key. And just to quickly go through the formula, um, then the, the second thing is knowing your talent, knowing your talent in the world. Um, your, your genius, I call it your genius. What's your talent? My talent is facilitating transformation. Then you want to take that talent and do something powerful with it in the world, right? You want to have a mission that you can use this beautiful talent and do something meaningful in the world. That's your mission. That's the third step. Then you need to learn how to deal with fear because mm -hmm. a lot of the time toxicity is all about staying in situations because you're afraid of change. Right. So yeah. you may have a relationship with someone and you're afraid of what being alone is going to feel like. It, you know, you're afraid of, you know, uh, what that person is going to do if you reject them. Right. Uh, so there, there's a fear is a lot of the reason why people stay in toxic situation. Hmm. So in our formula, we learn how to reduce fear and increase the feeling of being unstoppable and fearless. Right. So we really work on giving you tools to manage fear so that you can step into a bigger version. of. So and then uh, the, the, that's four. And then the fifth part of the formula is relationships. Yes. A lot of the time our toxicity comes from our relationships. Yes. Like I meet people all the time that the, the, the relationships are toxic because the relationship with themselves is toxic. Right. The relationship with myself was toxic. I was abusing mm -hmm. myself before I, you know, went to India and before I went on all this transformation, I didn't like myself that much, you know, even though I was beautiful and everyone's like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. It was all on the external inside. I felt rotten. I felt scared. I felt um, insecure. I felt not smart enough, you know, um, because I had to leave school when I was steam um, because of you know, a, uh, abuse story at, at home. So, so inside I wasn't feeling, you know, outside I was making up. I looked amazing. Everyone, oh my God, you know, I, she's a beautiful woman. Um, so, so yeah. So the relationship with yourself is going to set the standard for the relationship with other people. So you start having so self-love, you start having self-respect and suddenly you're just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm treating myself good these days. So you don't get to less than I'm treating myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And you don't and you, and, yeah. you, and you also don't lose yourself trying to trying to win the affection mm -hmm. of other people as well. Mm. So and then the la then the other parts of the form so that the, that's relationship. There's a lot of work to do when it comes to toxicity and especially with family members. I mean, you'll be amazed at how much people are ripped down by their family, uh, made to feel less than amazing, um, you know, and it's just normal. That's just how, how it is. You have your place in the family. Somebody is maybe the, 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 the good guy. You get to play the bad guy. There's all these weird things that goes on. Right. If you're lucky to be the good guy, hey, that's awesome. But if you're not like me, I was the black sheep, you know, that's a layer that you have to deal with. That's a situation. Right. And 
um, I had to do a lot of clearing up and I teach people to do that as well. That's why it's part of my form. So then you have the relationship. Then you have um, uh, abundance. Hold on, I'm missing something. So the, there was a relationship and um, the, 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 there's abundance, but the, before that there is something else. Ah, vision, creating a bigger vision. Like being able to dream big, being able to think outside of what the society told you is possible, right? So a lot of us stay in toxic because we don't understand that we're creating our own reality through our belief system. So once you start creating a bigger vision, like if I would ask you right now, what do you really, really want? If you believed... Oh, I you thought you were asking me. Anything. I was going to... I was about to answer you. <laughs> I want to impact the lives okay. of millions of people in a positive way and also to become one of the most influential writers and speakers in the world. That's I that's, love that. Yeah, that's my that's mine. <laughs> and that's so a big and that's a big vision which I'm sure you did not have before your awakening. I when didn't. you were caught up in toxic, you probably couldn't even you couldn't even think that. You couldn't even speak it out, I right? Couldn't, I couldn't and, see the next week, you know, exactly. the next month, yeah. Exactly. So that's your your big vision. That's what gets you up in the out of bed. That's what makes your life more exciting. Having that big vision that pulls you forward and it makes your life, you know, uh, meaningful. I love your vision. What a great vision. Thank you for sharing it. And then from there, it's about abundance. That's the last uh, part of the formula. It's about um, abundance uh, creation. So understanding that you have, um, you have the, the, the possibility to be creating on an abundant life. And that means financially, that means with great people in your life, that means with your health on all the levels. And, you know, coming from Zimbabwe, coming from a place where, you know, my great grandmother lived in a hut in Africa without running water and electricity. Abundance was not at the top of my mind growing up as a child. Yeah, mm. growing up in apartheid, segregation, separation, abundance wasn't what I woke up thinking about right mm, yeah. um, now don't get me wrong I needed I had to pray and I had to go to church uh, every Sunday um, and I can just talk about myself personally going to a Roman Catholic Church you know with a white priest and um, speaking in Latin and singing Latin hymns left me cold like it left me with nothing but fear nothing but fear I was just full of fear fear of my sexuality fear of you know, not being good enough, fear of sin, fear of God, fear of the devil, fear, 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 right? Mm. So, so my, my religion and being forced to go to church every Sunday didn't bring me peace, didn't bring me joy, didn't bring me connection to the divine essence. So I can just tell that's my personal, right? Mm. Um, because in the face of all of that church, you know, my, my, the people around me were not representing Mm. love we're not representing joy we're not representing peace so where would you learn it from right is this making sense so we'd yeah. go to church on sunday and we come back and we get beatings and yeah. everyone was miserable and there and was you no also money. get forced to go to church yeah. as well you know yeah. um, it wasn't and a matter of suffering mm. we lived a lot of suffering so much suffering i mean everyone around me my aunts my grandmother everyone was just pure suffering and so for me the whole thing didn't make any sense hmm. yes 
So it was later on when I got to discover another aspect of spirituality, and this is what I'm into. I'm into showing that you can be from, you know, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, um, any religion, we still need to come together as a human race and talk about our spirituality in a way that we can all understand and in a way that we can all agree with and in a way that we can all elevate and bring each other up. So I really feel like my bigger mission in life is to show people that we can go beyond um, religion and come together as a human race and love each other and support each other and, and, and be that spirituality that is truly um, elevated. Yes. Because at, at the end of the day, we're all just, we're all the same. Like we're yes. all people, we're all humans, we all mm -hmm. feel. And the only thing that separates us are those different denominations. I'm sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're right. That's it. The, the, you know, uh, I, look, I could go on and on. So you need to stop me, you know, <laughs> ask me another question. You know, this is like my favorite topics in the whole world is talking about human consciousness and empowerment. Right. So, yeah, those, those separations. And it's not only on a religious level. It's also on a cultural level. Right. I'm South African. I'm Nigerian. I'm Zimbabwean. I'm Italian. I'm German. I'm French. I'm Indian. I'm American. And there's some sort of a fight to, to, you know, a patriotic fight. Like I'm so proud of being this and that's all fine. But I'm saying, Hey, let's be proud of being humans. Mm. And then let's see how we're treating each other because there's so much for growth people, but we're not going to see any of that until the self love piece comes in until you're able to give yourself permission that your life becomes extraordinary. You have time between birth and death unknown mystery of time. It's not known. It could be a week. It could be 20 years. It could be 50 years. It could be five days. Nobody knows how much time they have in this body. Mm. So wake up, wake up, wake up. What do you want to do with your, it's so precious. It's so precious. So the invitation I believe for this podcast and what um, Wale is doing happy like Buddha is to start to question if there's more to you than you've been taught, right? And what do you want to do with your time right now, today, in this moment? Mm. You can spend it being angry or you can spend it being forgiveness, in forgiveness, yeah? We can spend it being in pain or we can spend it being in peace. We can spend it, you know, being angry or we can spend it, you know, being kind and loving. We have choices. Let's start making better choices. For anyone that wants to dive a little bit deeper, where can they find the seven steps? Okay, so the seven steps are, we, we actually dive into that at our three-day events. And with this, we have one coming up. I don't know when this uh, podcast is going to run, but we have one coming up on the 26th of September. Um, you would need to buy a ticket for it. Um, and I'm happy to share the link if that's something you'd be interested in. But what we have for free is our 21-day meditation challenge, which you can um, go to my website, um, themahimamindset.com, the, T-H-E, Mahima, M-A-H-I-M-A, 
mindset.com and you just go over there and you can put your email and address and everything in and we'll send you the 21 day meditation challenge and it's a free challenge you can do it by yourself everyone tells us that when they do this challenge they experience more they experience more joy they experience more focus in their daily lives and then if you you know if uh, if you already start the channel you're like oh my god we want to have more then you know you're already in, my, in our mailing list and you'll start getting more information about events and other stuff that we're doing so you could get in thank you so much Maima. i really appreciate you coming on to the after that podcast i'm sure you guys have also learned quite a lot and if you if you're not just subscribed to this podcast just click that subscribe button if it's youtube over there over there i'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure and also just follow us because it is the right thing to do Thank you so much. I appreciate this. I have just loved every minute of this, Wale. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for putting all these people together. Thank you for those people listening. Uh, if we've pushed your buttons a little bit today, we're doing a good job because I know that for me, you know, building a seven figure business that goes all over the world and transforms people's lives has happened because I've been willing to be questioned. I am willing to be questioned. I've questioned everything that I've been taught, rebuilt a new version of myself that can succeed in the way that I want to. So I highly encourage you to, even if we push your buttons, keep leaning in and say, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wally. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. I'm Adewade Dejumo, and this is the Happy Like Buddha podcast. I would love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me at Adewale Adejumo. On Instagram, at Wale Adejumo. And on Twitter, at Wale Adejumo. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the Epilogue Builder Podcast so that you do not miss new episodes we will release. And I will see you on our next episode.